Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show, where each week I rank movies in a variety of categories, from franchise and subgenre to directors and actors. No film goes unwatched as I break down my top five picks. So join me every Sunday for a new episode and get ready to dive into the world of film with top five from the Ray Taylor show. On this episode, I am ranking my top five movies that won best picture in the 1960s. It's a crazy decade that happened in not as much necessarily in film, but definitely a crazy decade, especially in America, a decade <clears throat> of film that went through. Actually, there was a massive change uh, from the very first film that I'm, I watched to the very last film I watched. Uh, there was a massive change in film in this one decade, comparing the early to late 60s, especially the ones that won Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Right, You have the first film that won being The Apartment, which is a black-and-white film, very much in a 1950s style. And then you go all the way to the end, 1969, and you have Midnight Cowboy. Very experimental, counterculture, very different. Uh, and then in between, there are a lot of trends that I noticed as well watching these movies. There are a lot of musicals that won. There are four musicals that won in the 1960s. A lot of the movies had intermissions. Like five or six of the movies had intermissions, which was crazy. And a lot of the stories are European stories. There's, you know, there's six movies that were like European stories. So like UK or, or Switzerland or whatever. Versus four stories about America and American stories. So very interesting trends, a lot of musicals, a lot of UK or a lot of European stories, a lot of intermissions. Right. And the decade of the 60s, there was a lot of significant social change going on in the United States. You had the Civil Rights Movement, Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. You had the Vietnam War. Right, which many Americans were opposed to, lasted forever until the nineteenth into the mid seventies, nineteen seventy-five. You had the space race going on, U.S. versus Russia. U.S. successfully landing an astronaut on the moon in nineteen sixty-nine as part of the Apollo program. You have the counterculture movement, right? The emergence of counterculture movement, widespread drug use, experimentations with new forms of music and art and anti-establishment sentiments, something that really is expressed in Midnight Cowboy. You have assassinations in the 60s. President JFK, 1963. Malcolm X, 1965. Martin Luther King, 1968. Senator Robert F. Kennedy, 1968. Insane things were happening in this country in the 60s. You had the women's liberation movement, which aimed to secure equal rights and opportunities for women in the 60s. Right. Very little of that is represented in these movies, aside from the stylistic change that went from what was the apartment all the way to what was uh, Midnight Cowboy. 
obviously a massive style change uh, and some amazing films in between. But you don't really see, as far as the movies that won Best Picture in the 60s, you don't really see a lot of those things. There's a little bit here and there, which I'll obviously I'll get into that uh, as I read off and list off my top five movies. But a very interesting decade of films. I've previously did my top five best pictures from the 80s. This is my second time doing one of these kind of collections of movies, something that I enjoy doing, forcing me to watch movies, uh, classic films that I've never watched, sometimes watching for the first time. Sometimes some of these movies I watched and hadn't seen since I was a kid and didn't really remember any of it. And then sometimes these are movies that I enjoy. So it was, it was kind of fun to rewatch some of these movies. But I enjoy doing these top fives of movies that won Best Picture, and it's a great excuse for me to go through and watch the movies that some people consider to be the best of the year. Whether I agree with that or not, it's definitely what I end up coming away with is generally five movies that are bangers. Uh, so in my my estimation, these five films... Now, people might disagree, obviously, with my choices. These are my personal choices. Uh, I wasn't like ranking these objectively. These are very much a subjective list of my top five films. But I would say these are five films that are awesome films. And I talk about honorable mentions at the end. I talk about films that I didn't like at all. So I kind of talk about all ten of these movies in some form or fashion. But let's get into it. Let's get started with my top five films that won Best Picture in the 1960s. The 1960s, this was like two decades before I was alive, right? And like a century before so many people. Anyway, starting off with number five, this is a first time watch for me. Uh, this is a movie that has a lot of aspects that uh, very catchy. You probably have experienced or had exposure to aspects of this movie that you didn't even realize maybe that was from this movie. It's also... Maybe the only movie on my list that is a musical. So coming in at number five, this might be spoiling a lot. So there's a lot of musicals. Coming in at number five is Oliver from 1968. Oliver, British musical. One of the British, one of the many British stories or European stories. This is a British, British musical uh, directed by Carol Reed. The movie is based on the 1883 novel Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. It tells the story of a young orphan boy named Oliver who escapes from a workhouse and falls in with a group of pickpockets in London. The film features several memorable musical numbers, uh, including Food, Glorious Food, Consider Yourself, and As Long As, you need, as, as, long as He Needs Me. Definitely songs from this musical that I knew of, despite never having watched this movie. And definitely, like, the the uh, the aspect of this movie, please, sir, may I have some more, like, begging for food from this movie. Well, from, I, I would imagine, also the story. Uh, but a great, great movie. Oliver won six Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Score. The movie was critically acclaimed for its lively musical numbers and strong performances by the cast. A bunch of kids. The kids were great. The musical numbers were great. The world building was great. I, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. 
However, some people criticize uh, some critics felt that the film was overly sentimental and failed to capture the darker, more complex aspects of Dickens novel. And you can tell that watching this movie, there are definitely dark moments in this movie. I mean, you're dealing with like it, this movie starts right. These kids in an orphanage. Right. Begging to have food. And tr you see how they're treated. And one of these kids kind of, you know, is coerced into pulling a prank or asking for seconds. Right. Because this kid, Oliver, asked for seconds. The leader of the the foster care takes this kid around town trying to sell him off. Right. He is being sold off. And as they walk and people are turning down this offer to purchase this kid, the price for the kid keeps going down until a mortuary decides to take the kid to see if he could be useful. And based on that usefulness, they will decide how much they will give the orphanage. That's pretty dark, right? So there are dark aspects to it, and it doesn't luxuriate in that it's not trying to be dark and i would have loved if this had been dark i would love to see a dark take on the story of oliver twist but you can tell that this is definitely geared more for being happy and fun and even the kids who are pickpockets it's like yeah it's kind of like a lost boys peter pan kind of a vibe to it <clears throat> so understandable that some critics would be critical about that obviously uh the movie was a box office success grossing over 30 or 37 million worldwide uh, the film's success helped to spark a renewed interest in movie musicals in the late 60s early 70s which is very interesting because there were a lot of movies that won best picture in the 60s that were musicals so it that statement doesn't feel like there was a lull in musicals considering on many occasions the academy thought the best movie of that year was a, mu a lot of musicals which i don't necessarily not like musicals but you know they don't they're not that represented on this list let me tell you but kind of an interesting thing that it re-sparked the popularity so there's probably a lot more uh to look into the movie, uh, to look at the movie uh, that won Best Picture, I already said that. Um, the soundtrack album for this film also became a hit, spending 99 weeks on the U.S. Billboard charts and winning gra a Grammy Award for Best Original Cast Show Album. Uh, the film's legacy has also been felt in popular culture with references and parodies uh, appearing in everything from The Simpsons to South Park. Oliver remains a beloved classic of the movie musical genre, known for its catchy songs, colorful sets, costumes, and memorable performances by the cast. I absolutely agree. The great world building is one of the, and just so much fun. This movie was so much fun, and it's why at number five on my list, my fifth favorite best picture winner from the 60s was Oliver. Exclamation, Oliver! Right? Exclamation point. Moving on to my fourth favorite film to win Best Picture in the 1960s. This movie, I would say, is so drastically different than every other film that, was, that won an Academy Award in the 60s. It's a great movie. I could easily see, like so much of this list, 
given a like at a different point if i were to make a top five list of these movies i may have this at number one i could easily see it is so different so much more creative and it's because it's doing such new things coming in at number four my fourth favorite film to win best picture in the 60s was midnight cowboy from 1969 this was my first viewing of this film as well i had never seen this movie i don't think i had ever seen this movie uh midnight cowboy a drama filmed by john uh schlesinger the film is based on a 1965 novel of the same name written by james leo hurley it stars john voigt uh as joe buck uh nate a naive texan who moves to new york city to become a male prostitute a hustler calls himself and dustin hoffman absolutely great as enrico Razzo rizzo a con artist and small-time thief who befriends joe the film explores themes of loneliness friendship and the search for identity in a harsh unforgiving urban environment midnight cowboy was the first x-rated film to win the academy award for best picture although it was later rated as rated r because there is a lot of, you know, I mean, it's definitely not. It's definitely a rated R film De- like the rated X. It depicts there's naked women. It's about sex. It's about drug use. Also counterculture stuff like drug use kind of thing. So I could see, especially coming off of the decade of movies that was the 60s to see this movie was I mean, and it probably wasn't the first film that came out in the 60s to you know kind of uh, encompass some of the counterculture that was going on in the 60s but amazing for this movie to win best picture by far the most unique movie to win best picture uh it also won academy awards for best director best adapted screenplay best film editing it was a critical and commercial success grossing over 44 million dollars worldwide on a budget of only three million that would be like that's like an independent film budget it's crazy. I mean, obviously, inflation, so who knows these days. But uh, the film's frank portrayal of sexuality and its depiction of poverty and desperation in urban America were groundbreaking in their time. Hoffman's performance as Ratso is widely regarded as one of the greatest in film history, which is funny because that was a similar uh, note of his performance in Rain Man. Uh, I think his performance in this is better than Rain Man. Like his, he, like Ratso is such like like it's a perfect name also for his character, um, and how these two characters kind of kind of go in as being like friends, enemies, friends. It's great. It's a very unlikely friendship type of a movie. Uh, the movie's iconic theme song, "Everybody's Talking," performed by Harry Nelson, became a hit and helped propel the film's popularity. Midnight Cowboy has been praised for its realistic portrayal of New York City in the late 60s, with many of its scenes filmed on location in the city's gritty, run-down neighborhoods. I believe this the scene where they're crossing the street and a cab almost runs into Dustin Hoffman and he slams on the hood, and it's that classic scene. It's like, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! I, I feel I heard that that was... They were filming, and that was a legitimate scene that somebody actually almost hit them while they were filming. And that anger was... And you can tell, if that's a true story, you can tell his voice changes because he is Dustin Hoffman's 
portrayal, this character has a very nasally, whiny, kind of rat-like voice. And in that moment, he gets some bass to his voice when he's yelling at that cab driver. It's a great scene, a great movie altogether. I mean, this, like I said, could have easily, on a different day, at a different time, could have easily put this at number one. Uh, the movie's themes and style have influenced many subsequent films, including Taxi Driver and American Psycho. Midnight Cowboy has been recognized by the Library of Congress as a cultural, historical, and uh, aesthetically significant film. The movie's impact on popular culture can be seen in reference on and homages in everything from music videos to TV shows, Midnight Cowboy remains a powerful and influential film known for its raw, unflinching portrayal of life on the fringes of society. By far the most unique film, as I said, of all of the best picture winners in the 60s. Counterculture movement, widespread drug use, experimentation with new forms of music and art, anti-establishment sentiments, all of those things represented in this film easily could have been my number one. But coming in at number four is Midnight Cowboy. A great movie. Absolutely great. Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to promote, are you looking for a way to take your love of the Ray Taylor show to the next level? Look no further than Inspire Disorder Plus. As a member, you'll get access to a whole host of amazing perks, including the full week of shows, ad-free in both audio and video versions, a live painting archive, early access to the many faces, members-only discounts and deals, a podcast back catalog, with over 600 episodes but that's not all as a member you'll get access to my personal blog as well as my creative writing you also get the chance to ask me anything you want with all of these benefits and more inspire disorder plus is a must-have for any fan of the ray taylor show so don't wait go sign up now head on over to inspiredisorder.com plus and start enjoying all of the amazing perks of the membership and now Let's get back to the show. Moving on to my third favorite film that won a Best Picture Oscar in the 1960s. This is a movie that I also reviewed recently, last week. Watched it, did a full review of this movie. It was the first time watching. It is one of those movies that is considered to be the best. And one of the reasons I wanted to do the 60s, watch all these movies, because this movie was one of them. And I was excited to watch it. And coming in at number three is Lawrence of Arabia. This came out in 1962, Lawrence of Arabia. Epic historical drama directed by David Lean. Another story about a European. Now, it doesn't take place in Europe like a lot of them do, but it is another European story, which I find to be interesting, that trend in all, a lot of these movies that won Best Picture. Uh, the movie tells a story about T.E. Lawrence, a British Army officer who became a key figure in the Arab revolt against the Ottoman Empire during World War I, so it's also a very unique story in regards to World War One, The film stars Peter O'Toole as the title role with a cast that includes Alec Guinness, Anthony Quinn, and Omar Sharif. Lawrence of Arabia is known for its sweeping cinematography, which was shot on location in Jordan, Morocco, and Spain. By far the most gorgeous film uh, of all of these films. And it's a movie that you just don't see. They would not 
shoot these things on location. There would be so many shots of that were CG that are filmed on location with just a ton of extras. It's an absolutely gorgeous film uh, that even if you're watching it like I did on a massive projector screen where the scale that is involved in some of these shots is so insane that people really just still, even though I'm watching it on a massive projector screen, it looks like little ants crawling across the screen in some shots. Uh, the film won seven Academy Awards, including Best Picture, obviously, Best Director, and Best Actor for Peter O'Toole. It was a critical and commercial success, grossing over $70 million worldwide on a budget of $15 million. The movie's score, composed by Maurice Jarre, is also considered a classic of film music. Lawrence of Arabia has been praised for its complex portrayal of Lawrence as a flawed hero and for its exploration of the culture and political tension of the Arab world during World War I. The film's themes and style have influenced many subsequent films, including The English Patient and Gladiator. Uh, it has been recognized by the American Film Institute as one of the greatest American films ever made and by the British Film Institute as the best British film of the 20th century. Interesting that they both take claim for this movie. <laughs> it's the best American and also the best British somehow. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia was selected for preservation of the United States National Film Registry in 1991. The film's impact on popular culture can be seen in references and homages in everything from music videos to video games. Lawrence of Arabia remains a classic of the historical epic genre known for its stunning visuals, memorable performances, and powerful themes. The movie has been re-released several times, including a 4K restoration in 2021 to celebrate its 60th anniversary. Lawrence of Arabia continues to be celebrated and studied by film enthusiasts and historians and is uh, and its legacy as a masterpiece of cinema is secure. I did a full review of this movie, as I said, uh, last week. So if you want to hear my in-depth thoughts on this movie and the themes and the story, go watch that if you want to hear my full reviews. It is a great film. It is another film that has an intermission. And that intermission really splits the film up into two sections of his life i really loved the first section of the movie a little bit more like the second section is more of a downfall of this guy which i did like but i definitely liked the first the the rise of this let this guy who was kind of uh, turned into a legend as for, for propaganda purposes but also in his own mind in a lot of ways uh, so coming in at number three, it is an epic film and it's an easy, it's one of the best, obviously, for a lot of reasons. But it's sitting here at number three on my top five list, Lawrence of Arabia. Moving on to my second favorite film. This is another film that I watched probably within the last year for the first time. This is a movie that I did a full review of when I did do the, uh, when I did watch it. Uh, so this is another movie you can go and watch my full review, my full thoughts of this movie. And it is uh, in the rewatch, rewatched all of these movies, even though I just saw it. It's a movie that I love. It's definitely a far more simple movie 
than a lot of the other ones, but I think it's great in a lot of ways, and I'll get into that. Uh, because coming in at number two, my second favorite film that won Best Picture in the 1960s is In the Heat of the Night from 1967. In the Heat of the Night is a crime drama film directed by Norman Jewison. The movie stars Sidney Poitier as Virgil Tibbs, a black detective from Philadelphia who is called in to investigate a murder in a small racist Mississippi town. The film also star stars Rod Sterling as Gillespie, the white police chief who initially resists Tibbs but comes to respect him as they work together to solve a crime. Absolutely that moment where he starts to respect him is an amazing scene. I'll talk about that in a second. In the Heat of the Night was a groundbreaking uh, was groundbreaking for its portrayal of a black protagonist in a mainstream Hollywood film and for its exploration of issues of race and prejudice in the American South. The movie won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Actor for uh, Steger, and Best Adapted Screenplay. I think Sidney Poitier should have won for Best Actor. Obviously, I don't know who else was nominated that year. But I love this performance by Poitier. Very stoic. I love it so much. He's awesome in this movie. Uh, it was a critical and commercial success, grossing over $24 million worldwide on a budget of only $2 million. Uh, the film score, composed by Quincy Jones, is also considered a classic film uh, music. In the Heat of the Night has been praised for its nuanced performances, tight pacing, and memorable dialogue. The movie's themes and style have influenced many subsequent films, including L.A. Confidential and Crash. It has been recognized by the American Film Institute as one of the greatest American films ever made and was added to the United States National film registry in the year 2002 the film's impact on popular culture can be seen and referenced and homages and everything from tv shows to hip-hop songs in the heat of the night spawned two sequels a tv series and a made for tv movie i at some point need to check out all of the movies and i don't know about the tv show but i i definitely am interested in checking out all those sequels uh, the movie's legacy as a powerful statement on race relations in America remain relevant today, so sadly relevant today. In the Heat of the Night was remastered and re-released on Blu-ray in 2018 to celebrate its 50th anniversary. The film continues to be celebrated as a classic of American cinema known for its bold themes, memorable performances, and uncompromising vision. So this is another film that is an American story. We had Midnight Cowboy, and now we have In the Heat of the Night. By far my favorite moment in this movie. I love this moment so much because it is so true. It is so true, and I love how it is illustrated in this movie. It's when they go to the... When Tibbs... And the sheriff go to the plantation, right? Tibbs finds a piece of, like, planting material in the victim's car. And he wants to go talk to the plantation owner, right? Who is, like, the person who died was somebody bringing, uh, a business owner bringing a new industry to the town, which is threatening this other, this plantation owner, as being the kind of the biggest industry in the town, right? 
So they go to talk to this plantation owner as they're driving in. You're seeing all the all the black people picking the cotton, right? It is it's 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 like crazy, right? They go in to talk to this guy and Tibbs like so nonchalant, like so he tells he calls his shot. He tells the sheriff, it's like, let's this, see this material. This is what this is used for. This is what it's called, and this is what it's used for. So when they show up to the thing, Mr. Tibbs just starts talking to him about the flowers and specifically this one flower. And basically, the guy, this plantation owner, feeling like he's just talking about the flowers that he grows and even comparing them to slaves, black slaves and how you need to treat these flowers in a way like you treat these slaves in order to get the most productivity out of them whatever he also unintentionally uncovers and proves that mr tibbs was right and there's a moment where the there's that realization where the sheriff sees where he's like oh he just proved this guy was involved without the guy even knowing he was involved it is a great scene but that's not the moment that really stands out it is what happens right after that when the plantation owner slaps Mr. Tibbs and without a moment's thought, Mr. Tibbs slaps him right back, which is something this plantation owner has never come in contact with. He has had the privilege of being a white supremacist slave owner for so long that the idea that he can't just treat black people however he wants and having this free black man who is a police detective who is only helping out this lowly sheriff in this solving this case right when he slaps him back and the plantation owner looks to the sheriff and is like aren't you gonna do anything Aren't you going to do anything? But at this time, the sheriff already knows that the plantation owner is guilty, is somehow tied in with this murder and doesn't do anything. It is so good. And they leave. Tibbs and the sheriff leave. And this white supremacist piece of shit gets the quivery chin and starts crying. And it is by far the best scene in almost any movie, because even today you see it in conservatives today who are bullies. And when they get called out, they cry like little babies. It is so perfectly illustrated in this scene. I love it so, so much. Right. It's the thing of the bully. As soon as they get any pushback, acting like the victim, acting like they are being victimized. I love it. Such a great scene. Such a great movie. That's why it's here at number two. It's so great. Seeing that plantation owner cry is like the best. I love it. Like if I watched this in a theater, I would stand up and give it a standing ovation. So great. And I did a full review of this movie a while back. So go to YouTube, search In the Heat of the Night, Ray Taylor Show. You will see it. You will find it. Full review. If you want to hear my in-depth thoughts on the entire movie. Great movie. Coming in at number two. My second favorite best picture winner from the 60s is In the Heat of the Night.
Let's take a quick break from this episode because I want to talk about, are you looking for the perfect gift for that art lover in your life? Look no further than InspireDisorder.com. Our gift cards can be used to purchase original artwork from the many faces, a collection of over 2,000 original abstract ink portraits. These one-of-a-kind pieces make for a truly unique and meaningful gift. But that's not all. Our gift cards can also be used to purchase high-quality prints and t-shirts featuring these amazing paintings. Plus, if the recipient is a fan of The Ray Taylor Show, they can use the gift card to purchase merchandise from the show as well. So why wait? Head on over to InspireDisorder.com and purchase a gift card today. Your loved one will be sure to appreciate the thought and creativity behind such a unique gift. Thank you for considering InspireDisorder.com for all of your gift needs and now back to the show moving on to my favorite movie that won best picture in the 1600 1960s 1600s not yet they didn't have movies back then my favorite movie that won best picture in the 1960s is a movie i reviewed watched reviewed around probably around the same time i watched in the heat of the night this is a great movie this movie has also appeared on another top five list for a director. But that movie, this movie, coming in at my number one spot, this is just my favorite movie. I love this movie so much. I really enjoyed rewatching it. It's so great, as all of these movies are, I think, in my top five list. But coming in at number, my number one spot is The Apartment that came out in 1960. So it won the 1961 Best Picture at the Academy Awards. The Apartment is a romantic comedy drama directed by Billy Wilder, which that is the director. I did a top five Billy Wilder films, watched a bunch of his movies. He does amazing movies, and this movie made that list as well. So if you want to see how I rank my top five Billy Wilder films, you can do that. This movie stars Jack Lemmon as C.C. Bud Baxter, an insurance clerk who is, lends his apartment to his supervisors or his two his two he lends his apartment to his superiors for their extramarital affairs in hopes of advancing his career very interesting kind of uh like setup story right this guy instead of sleeping his way to the top obviously he's a dude can't do it in a male dominated world at the time using letting his superiors his bosses use his apartment to cheat on their wives uh in order to advance his career uh, it's just like so interesting the film also stars shirley mclean as fran kublik an elevator operator who uh an elevator operator with whom baxter is uh falls in love with the apartment was a critical and commercial success grossing over $25 million worldwide on a budget of $3 million. The movie won five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Original Screenplay. It has been praised for its sharp writing, nuanced performances, and satirical commentary on corporate culture and gender roles. The film's score, composed by Adolf Dusch, Dish, is also considered a classic of film music. The Apartment has been recognized by the F American Film Institute as one of the greatest American films ever made and was added to the United States National Film Registry in 1994. 
The movie's influence can be seen in subsequent films and explore uh, in subsequent films that explore similar themes such as Mad Men and Up in the Air. It has also inspired numerous adaptations and remakes, including the Broadway musical Promises, Promises. The Apartment was a landmark in the career of Wilder, who went on to direct uh, such classics as Some Like It Hot and Sunset Boulevard, another movie of his that is on that list, uh, another great movie. Uh, the film's legacy as a smart and sophisticated comedy has endured over the years and is continues to be celebrated as a classic of American cinema. The Apartment was remastered and re-released on Blu-ray in 2012 to celebrate its 50th anniversary. Uh, the movie's themes of loneliness, ambition, suicide, and the search for love and connection remain relevant to modern audiences. The, uh, uh, the, apartment <clears throat> the Apartment is a timeless classic that showcases the talents of its cast and crew and remains a must-see for fans of romantic comedies and uh, American cinema. Uh, the scene where she runs, there's a scene where she's running to go see him. And it's like, these are characters that have, it's such an unconventional love story. And there is a scene where she hears a sound running to his apartment that makes her think the worst has happened. And the way this movie sets that up is so, uh, so great how they set everything up. And how it's like it's in a romantic comedy where the connection of these two people doesn't come to the very end of the movie. It, like, I love this movie so much. And Billy Wilder, amazing writer, just a great movie. So much fun. So unconventional, this, this uh, rom-com. So good. Love that. But that moment at the end where she hears a sound that she thinks is one thing, but it ends up being, like, tonally couldn't be two different things like like the sound representing two such different things it's great it's so it like it it's such a roller coaster of emotions how it ends uh the movie appeared on as i said on my top five billy wilder movies episode so if you want to check that out search billy wilder top five billy wilder ray taylor show or and i also did a review Search uh, The Apartment, Ray Taylor Show on YouTube if you want to hear my in-depth thoughts on the movie. Because I love this movie. Obviously, it's at number one. I didn't know if it was going to stay at number one because there were some really great movies. And then I rewatched this one again. And it's like, oh, it's just, I just, I really like this movie so much. It's tough, like, comparing it to, like, Lawrence of Arabia or Midnight Cowboy. They're such drastically different movies. But as far as a movie that I love, that I will, I could easily throw this movie on over and over again. And I love watching it. It, you know, it's so fun, interesting, new, just a great movie. That's why it's here. My favorite movie that won Best Picture in the '60s is The Apartment. Honorable mentions: movies that I liked that could have easily made the list, but they didn't. Uh, My Fair Lady, amazing movie. It's a movie I remember seeing in high school, uh, and haven't watched it since. Still a great movie. Mu another musical another intermission all these another european story it's it's a great movie don't get me wrong i you know i'm not a huge i like musicals but i only wanted there's only out of the musicals there was oliver was my favorite 
it was just my i just enjoyed that movie i don't know if it has the best songs but i enjoyed that movie so honorable mention my fair lady another honorable mention which is also another musical the sound of music which probably the best music and definitely it was my i think it was my mom's favorite uh movie so i definitely i saw it on she watched it very frequently but i never really paid attention to it that much or at least not since i was a young child so it was fun to go back and rewatch the sound of music all of the songs are great uh but the movie mm, you know i like oliver way more i like uh my fair lady more than the sound of music but sound of music also still a great movie uh, and then there's a movie called Tom Jones, which I was super surprised. It is filmed like modern day comedies, like so, like breaking the fourth wall, talking to camera, like so much the music cues, so much of this movie Tom Jones is 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 like clearly what every, every director who makes comedies for the most part modern comedies is doing something similar to this movie which i thought was insane right i'm not a big fan of the story another european story uk this guy bastard raised by another family like i don't know i just didn't really like the but the style is so interesting to see that style be portrayed so far back uh in tom jones so very interesting film which if anybody's a fan of comedies like it is a comedy um Maybe you'll like it. I, I didn't like it enough to put it on the list, but I thought it was interesting enough to make my my uh, my honorable mentions. Movies I didn't really like. West Side Story is my first time watching it. I prefer the remake, uh, which was okay. You know, I I don't know. I I didn't like this original version much, uh, and I not a huge necessarily huge fan of the remake of West Side Story, but I do like the remake more than I like this one. Although I did see the remake first, so maybe that does it. Not a big fan, though. West Side Story, didn't really like it. And the movie called uh, A Man for All Seasons, another kind of British royalty kind of a movie, was not at all, like, I was so just, I could not get into this movie. Uh, so those two movies, not a big fan of. Uh, but let me recap my list one more time, and we'll get out of here. This is my top five movies that won Best Picture in the 60s. Starting off with number five is Oliver. Number four is Midnight Cowboy. Number three is Lawrence of Arabia. Number two is In the Heat of the Night. And my number one favorite movie that won Best Picture in the 1960s was The Apartment. Let me know how you would rank your favorite movies that won Best Picture in the 1960s. I would love to hear it. Uh, I would love to hear, like, along with whatever arguments you have for the movies that I didn't really like. I'm sure there's probably people that enjoy those other movies. And I, you know, art subjective. What can I say? I wasn't a big fan. I wouldn't hate anybody for making a new list. But I would love to hear anybody's list. Uh, but as always, I want to thank everybody to, for tuning in to this episode of Top 5 from The Ray Taylor Show. I hope you did enjoy my rankings and analysis of my top five films uh, that won Best Picture in the 60s. Don't forget to tune in next Sunday for an all-new episode and join the conversation by leaving a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube if you're watching this, youtube.com slash inspired disorder. Either way, see you again next week for more. Top five.
New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.